And we consider ourselves yippies because they represent that same kind of thing. So they represent the kind of thing where you do radical action, but you do it in the context of liberating yourself. That is, you know, you go and you do something and you participate in and you write leaflets and maybe you write some of those leaflets high because that's the way you kind of enjoy life. But on the other hand, you're participating in radical kinds of action. The election day thing, the erection day thing is that same kind of thing. At the one and the same time, we're being sacrilegious to the institutions of the country and we're challenging them in a way they can't really understand. And at the one and the same time, we're liberating ourselves. It's just not liberating to listen to 200 speeches on election day when you know all that shit is coming down on you. You have to do something more than just sort of listen to speeches. And that's the idea of Erection Day. And that's why we're trying to put together this thing and work with the Yippies. Now let me introduce Tom Hayden to speak about it. First of all, I would like to uh, briefly go through the uh, timetable that is uh, presently uh, foreseen by the... the uh, Yippies and by the uh, SDS people and the uh, mobilization people for uh, Tuesday. Uh, at one o'clock, people uh, hopefully will gather at Civic Center Plaza, where there will be a rock festival. Now, uh, Mayor Alioto uh, apparently last night or this morning, presumably after a meeting with Mayor Daly, announced that uh, we cannot have a permit for this rock festival at Civic Center Plaza. So the fun begins at 1. And uh, whatever happens at 1 may determine what happens uh, the rest of the day, and maybe that's the way it should be. But certain groups hope to demonstrate at certain targets at 3 o'clock. First at the uh, Presidio, Secondly, at uh, Montgomery Street, the financial district, and third, at the Hall of Justice, to uh, indicate our opposition to the system that is being propped up by elections. And at 7.30, we would gather at uh, Hubert's Market Street headquarters and march from there uh, to Nixon's headquarters with uh, the winning candidate, the pig. And uh, that would be the end, so to speak. Now, this, uh, this action, uh, which is being carried out all across the country uh, by different local groups and by national organizations, is a kind of election day strike, which is a continuation of the protest uh, that occurred in Chicago protest against the fact that the real issues and possible alternatives for people in this country are not being presented by the candidates running for office or by their parties, but that in fact a concerted effort is going on to not only hide the issues but turn people's attention away from those issues of racism in Vietnam Unto us, we are now crime in the streets. We are the number one uh, issue of the 1968 election campaign because there is an attempt going on to take away what little legitimacy we have, what power that we have, because we have been a needle in the side of people who run this country, and presumably because 
They think that the continuation of the policies in Vietnam, the policies on campus, the policies in the ghettos are so important that the protest against those policies has to be curbed, curtailed, and possibly exterminated before it becomes so massive that it overwhelms the people, the people in office and drives them out. And secondly, uh, the nature of this protest is one which is against the totally unrepresentative political machinery that sits on top of us, regardless of the candidates that they nominate for office. It is not a matter simply of the rigged political convention that we witnessed on the streets or on television in Chicago. It's not simply a question of the barbaric, brutal, or manipulative ways in which platforms are written and candidates are chosen, but it is a fact of the matter that this machinery no longer reflects public opinion as a whole or the real balance of forces in this country, that instead it pretends to make that representation, while in fact excluding millions of people, including in particular high school students and college students. And we have to find a way to make sure that no one, not in this country and especially no one in the world, is fooled by these elections into believing that the true nature of American public opinion uh, is represented by the three characters and their machinery uh, who are running for office. Now, briefly, there is no contradiction between this program and voting for Huey P. Newton and other uh, legitimate candidates who are running in this area. Our basic protest uh, is against the election system and the political machinery as a whole and a person uh, who is excluded from that system like uh, Huey Newton or Eldridge Cleaver is a person that uh, in our opinion is quite possible to vote for and we believe that they would be well pleased if we also voted in the streets. So we don't want to accept in silence, in fact we cannot accept uh, these elections we have to make it clear to people in this country and around the world that uh, these elections mean nothing, mean nothing in particular to us, and that requires that we vote in new ways, that we vote visibly, that we vote publicly, and that means voting in the streets on election day. Now, a lot of people have uh, raised the question of whether or not this is just another uh, gesture which is going to uh, be disruptive but in the long run have no important effect. Those people were asking that about Chicago and I believe that the action that we took in Chicago did more to upset the Democratic Party, did more to upset the makers of war and racism than anything done within the two-party system this entire year. But there are people there are people who nevertheless want to know in what ways this is going to be an effective challenge to the power that is being used against us. So I would say first, we have to get the question of the lesser evil out of the way and see that uh, in this particular election, the concept of voting for a lesser evil is not an alternative. We saw that in 1964. And today, people are coming around to you and I and other people telling us again 
that it makes a significant difference whether Hubert Humphrey or Richard Nixon are in the White House. And it's that uh, concept that we first have to get out of the way. I think that it is uh, appalling and tragic that Senator McCarthy, after having his own campaign workers beaten in Chicago, after turning his campaign headquarters on the 15th floor of the Conrad Hilton into a hospital, now finds it necessary to endorse Hubert Humphrey for President of the United States. He does that, I think, not because, uh, in fact, he even believes that Hubert Humphrey is better than Richard Nixon. He does that because he believes it's necessary to remain protesting within the Democratic Party and the two-party system, as he announced at the beginning of his campaign when he said that he wanted to take American youth out of irregular political activity and off of the streets and into the ballot box where power is supposed to be located. Well, that is his business, but we cannot allow ourselves to fall into the same trap. We have to realize that those people who run this country do not get their power from the elections. The people who run this country get their power from the machinery that they possess, machinery which allows them to rig conventions and elections, machinery which allows them to pay people off, machinery which allows them to suppress and, if necessary, kill people who get in their way. That's the source of their power. What they use elections for, I think, is to obtain some authority or some legitimacy, some credibility in the eyes of the people who live in this country. Now, we don't have a comparable machinery an army, a huge uh, fund, a virtual government. Perhaps we need one, but we don't have one at the present time. The power that we have, frankly, is the power to deprive them of their authority, to deprive them of their legitimacy, to strip them uh, emperors of their clothes. And Richard Nixon, the, presumably the next president of the United States, understands this very well because he is now going around campaigning not particularly against Wallace and Humphrey, but he is campaigning for a massive mandate. He says that winning the election is not enough, and he's right. It's the one thing that I agree with him on. Winning the election is not enough. He says he has to have evidence that the people of this country are behind him. He's right, because a man who does not have that ability does not have that credibility and legitimacy, cannot continue to draft people to fight in Vietnam, cannot continue to pump people for $30 billion to fight in Vietnam. He's right. He is running scared. He is running scared not against Hubert Humphrey, not against George Wallace, but he's running scared against us because he knows that we can take that authority away no matter whether he's elected president of the United States. And he saw that happen to Lyndon Johnson on March 31st. So it's very important, it's very important all over the country that there be a low vote. It's very important all over the country that there be thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in the streets, that our message go out through this country and across the world, that we have no respect for the authority of whoever is going to be the next president of the United States, 
that we do not believe that power lies inside the ballot box, but in fact power lies inside power lies inside our own lives, power lies in what we do with our lives, how we organize ourselves and connect ourselves all through the year and particularly on election day. We have to say that personal action and street action at this time is the highest form of political action. Now, I would like to uh, conclude by referring you back to something that someone said May 22nd, 1965 on this campus at the beginning of the massive anti-war movement. That was Thornton Lind. He made a speech which most people have forgotten but was one of the most prophetic speeches made in the entire history of the anti-war movement. He addressed himself to the question of strategy, to the question of whether or not we should align ourselves with major politicians in the Democratic Party or whether we should strike out movements of resistance in the streets. And he said the following, for the benefit of the FBI men present, I would like to make it clear that what I mean is not the violent overthrow of the U.S. government, but the nonviolent retirement from office of the present administration. The way to bring this about is through the creation of civil disobedience so massive and so persistent that the Tuesday lunch club that is running this country, Johnson, McNamara, Bundy, and Rusk, will forthwith resign. We do not live in a parliamentary democracy, Stoughton said, like the British, where a vote of no confidence can compel a criminally irresponsible administration to resign. Yet we cannot wait until the presidential elections of 1968. Therefore, I think we have to vote with our feet by marching and picketing, vote with our hands by burning our draft cards and refusing to pay taxes, and if necessary, voting with our backsides by sitting in jail. That was said in May of 1965, and presently, every one of those villains has retired from office except old hang-along Rusk, and he is quoted as saying that he cannot stand it any longer and is merely waiting for the end of this particular trip that he's on to resign for office from office. That'll make number four. And that's the strategy that we have to continue to abide by. That's the strategy we have to continue conduct, uh, conducting ourselves according to, a strategy that says elections don't mean shit if the people are not represented. Power is in the streets. We have to vote in the streets and show our power there next Tuesday. Our next speaker, for those people who came late, is a rally about Erection Day, the demonstrations, and also the Erection Day thing on Friday night. The next speaker is Jerry Rubin. What's this? Uh, I want to begin by thanking God for the great weather. Uh, this is a Viet Cong flag. 
It's a religious garment. Show you how crazy, nutty, insane this country's gone to. When we were in Washington, one morning on the way to UAC hearings, I put on the Viet Cong flags in my cape. And my friend Abby put a, the American flag around him as, as his cape. And we're walking down the street, and we see the cops massing, you know, down the way. And they're starting to come toward us. And we're saying, uh-oh, I'm going to be arrested for treason. Viet Cong cape. He's got his American flag. And they start running, you know, the way cops get, you know. And they grab Abby <laughs> with the American flag and throw him in the paddy wagon. And I'm just standing here with my Viet Cong flag. <laughs> so I start shouting at the cops, you communists, I'm going to write a letter to my congressman. And so he got arrested for, uh, for wearing the American flag. And here I am with the Viet Cong flag. Uh, I just came back from a few days in Canada. It's more difficult these days getting over the Canadian border. Uh, they pick in a little room and uh, this little bureaucrat questions. Like one of the early questions was, or early questions was, do you take dope? They ask you to take dope. So I said yes, and, and he gets out his pencil, you know, what? I said, Coca-Cola. Well, Coca-Cola, of course, is more dangerous for your body than, than marijuana. I don't think we should be so defensive about marijuana. I mean, we should just say it's healthy. It's good. Take it. Kids should take it. Old people should say everyone take it. Yeah. I mean, what's this bullshit about, you know, it isn't addictive? That's it isn't. What is it? You know? It's good. So I told him I took Coca-Cola, and he said he means a dangerous drug like marijuana, uh, hashish, uh, LSD. So I said, no. And, uh, and then he said, have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been arrested? I said, yeah, uh, for about eight or nine sex crimes. Because, you know, the, the, the arrest record of a political person in America and the arrest record of a sex criminal are identical. You know, uh, trespassing, public nuisance, disturbing the peace. And then in Chicago, I got arrested for solicitation to commit mob action. In, mo in, mo in most states they call it inciting to riot but in Chicago they call it solicitation to commit mob action I told the guy that he ought to drop out I mean it's ridiculous he he's asking me questions that no state has the right to have the answers to I'm not telling the truth anyway it's just a game you know the border is only in your head what's this thing about can Canada America I haven't changed there's no such thing as Canada or America you know so, I mean, you know, so, so I just cross, I don't, I don't believe the difference between Ohio and Indiana. I mean, you know, that's like in your head. And I don't believe the difference between, the lines between nations either. So I'm just going right across and you should just quit your job and let's go. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it's not helping me. Uh, he didn't take the advice, but I did get across. And so I spoke to the University of British Columbia. And that was really groovy. I mean, it really proved that, 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 that our politics is the politics of orgy. Because, like, I spoke for about, it was about 2,000 people, and I spoke for about, about an hour and a half. And at the end, I saw the contradiction of what I was saying. Because on the one hand, I was saying, you know, like, like uh, uh, you're God, and you have to change your own life, and you've got to overthrow this place, and listen to your own voice, and don't listen to professors or politicians. And here I was talking to him for an hour and a half. It was like a real contradiction. So I, so I, so I got furious, and I said, that, you know, uh, I'm a cocksucker, and you're a cocksucker for having listened to me. Uh, we ought to, like, take some action. So uh, yeah, we really whipped them up, and uh, I said, is there, is, there any, is there any place that is banned? 
any place that's banned on this campus. And someone out there yelled, the faculty club. Now, the faculty club is a little bit like that place over there. How many people have been in that place over there? That place ought to be bombed, man. The Golden Bear. You know, what is that Golden Bear? You know, it's a class society right here, you know. We eat the terrorists and the bear, and then there's some professors eating the Golden Bear. That's why their professors' heads are so fucked up. Because when they think of lunch, they think of the Golden Bear. Waitresses, waitresses, all, all that, you know, that shit. So, so, so we, like 2,000 people marched into the faculty club. It was, like, fantastic. The faculty club is, like, this big building, like a student union, where the faculty play cards and, and they drink and... and foolishness and, and, and students are not allowed in the faculty club. It's a law. It's a taboo. No, no student ever think of going. So we went in a group. We just like walk right through. There's the professors eating their noodles and 2,000 2, niggers walking right in. That's exactly what it was like. And within 15 minutes, the following things were happen happened. All the liquor was liberated. <laughs> All the liquor was liberated. They don't have the hang-ups that they have at Berkeley about property. Property. You know, they just liberate the liquor. People started writing uh, marijuana all over the place. Really, all of a sudden, out of the pockets came marijuana. I never saw anything like it. And then I, I gave up my other Viet Cong flag, and it was flying over the building, liberated territory. And some, a couple people took off their clothes and had a nude swim in in, in the um, pool. I mean, it was, it was an orgy. It was an orgy in which people, I mean, people like felt tremendous. They stayed 25 hours and uh, broke a taboo. And, and I think that's what we ought to do here. We ought to liberate that, that bear's lair. Uh, no, it's called the Golden Bear Place. Um, but I, but I, want to talk, I want to talk later about this whole, this whole thing on property and, and all that a little later. First, I want to say about, about Pegasus, because we just got to get on election day. Uh, the Yippies are the most realistic people of all, you know. I mean, people say we're fantasies and LSD. That's really, it's very realistic. What could be more realistic than running a pig? You know, what, you know, the, the Democrats running a pig, Republicans running a pig, American Independent Party running a pig. I'm not going to go argue with the man on the street about Nixon, Humphrey. Those games are over. I'm saying we're running a pig. And that really becomes clear, that really becomes clear to people because in Chicago, there was no doubt about communication. Everybody understood the Yippie message. A pig for president. That's it. That's where it's at. The program is garbage. You know, the same principles the country's run out. And, uh, I mean, you know, let's be, I mean, we should be serious and honest. Honest, not serious. We should be honest. It just flew right out. All my university bullshit came out. Serious. We should be honest. You know, the pig for president. Why take half a hog? Here's the whole hog. There's only, there's only one issue that could split the yippies. And that's the issue of, uh, well, first, see the point? The first idea was to nominate the pig an open nominating convention. Uh, only pigs can run. Uh, then to kill him. Kill him. And eat him. You know, the message is... See, the message is that in, that in the Yippie Party... I thought you were Jewish, Ruben. What Jewish? <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm fighting against my Jewish upbringing. You figured it out. You figured it out. So we're going we're gonna to kill the pig and eat the pig, you know, because, see, in the Democratic and Republican parties, you nominate a pig, the candidate, and he eats you. He eats you. And in our party, we kill the pig, and we eat him, and we become the candidate. But there were a lot of vegetarians in the yippies, and the thing almost, got, almost split before it got off the ground, and so we didn't, we didn't kill the pig. Now, the pig, was, the pig appeared the 
two days before the Democratic Convention began in the Civic Center, and about eight brother pigs in police uniforms like went crazy, you know, grabbed the pig, they grabbed seven of us, threw us in the paddy wagon, threw the pig in with us. <laughs> and the pig is still in custody, still under arrest. In Chicago, we demand our candidate be free. And then in New York, in New York, Mayor Lindsay and his, um, you know, his, uh, sort of sophisticated policies, he allowed one day a pig march. But then the next day, we took the pig to New York to meet Humphrey, who's having a little dinner. Candidates got to talk, you know, for one another. And uh, Secret Service out there arrested the pig, arrested the people, and so forth. Okay, Friday night, Pigasus will be at the Berkeley Community Theater. Friday night at Berkeley Community Theater, Pigasus will make his first appearance. Let's not create any myths about the pig. You can have your own candidate. Just go out to a hog farm. 25 bucks in your pocket is about all the cows. And buy a pig. Everyone comes to come after me and says, when's the pig coming? You know, that's bullshit. That's not, I mean, when's your pig coming? I hope everybody gets a pig that day on election day and we release pigs all over the city. And I'm not going to get a thousand... <laughs> I'm not going to get a thousand pigs, I'll tell you that. I'm not doing, you know, you know I'm not going to, I may be speaking here, but I'm not going to get a thousand pigs. Everybody get his own pig, your own candidate. Um, so Friday night, Friday night is going to be pretty groovy. Uh, Eldridge and I are going to speak to uh, the Holy See light show. So come stoned Friday night on whatever you get stoned on. Sunshine, your studies, you know. On the election, I, I mean, I, I can't take the election seriously, but uh, somehow I feel that, uh, like, the, like in Chicago, they sort of lay out a stage and we come on and do our show too, you know. So, so we all, every, everyone should like do something on election day. Fuck. Uh, just to don't, if, I mean, don't go to school on election day, for God's sakes, you know. I mean, they're having a strike everywhere around the country but here because of this, you know, uh, sort of strike that just took place. But I mean, let's all get together. Now, last night, Baldi Alioto, if you can call me long here, I can call him Baldi. Baldi Alioto had a midnight discussion with Richard Daly. We tapped it. And uh, as, a, as, a result of the, as a result of the discussion, uh, Alioto announced that he's not going to allow us to have the Civic Center in San Francisco as a gathering place at 1 o'clock. What do you think about that? Some, some bullshit politician is going to tell us where we can be at 1 o'clock. And he's going to say you can't be there. So I'm telling you, if he continues, which I hope he does, because it'll be fun, if he continues, we're going to put him in the history books just the way we put Dick Daly in the history books. You know, that's, that's all there is to it. That's 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. Uh, what's that, Tuesday? 1 o'clock Tuesday at, at uh, Civic Center Park. Everyone bring a pig. Uh, everyone should bring matches and pencils. And then we'll go to the polling places and give each person the revolution of their choice. You know, the old people will take pencils because they think they're going to, you know, pencil the revolution in. And the young people will take matches because only matches they're going to make. Uh, so we'll have a party on election day. They don't allow beer on election day. You know, I think we should just give out free beer. Everyone should go vote drunk. Yeah. And and go knock on doors, long hairs for Wallace, Wallace for president. But the main thing is, let's everyone come out on election day and let's do something. Let's make our presence felt because we're communicating to the young. I mean, you know, it's an old man's election. They got to play out these games. The dead have got to bury the dead. So they got to have these elections every four years as kind of the, the, the death dance ritual of America. They're going to have elections no matter what we do. But but we vote with our bodies. Oh, vote by putting an X for some choice that some some nut made for me. You know, we vote with our bodies and we vote by changing our lives. Now. Um, the, thi the thing that I think it's all about is this thing right here. It's a dollar bill. See it? 
See, I think the dollar bill is like the source of all our problems. Because it's like America is, uh, worships money. And as far as I see it, property, property to me represents theft. This country is based on stealing. That's the basic morality of America, stealing. The, the fucking country was built on, built on slavery, you know, was built on slavery. The whole thing sticks together now because of the military thing, giving people jobs. And there's so, many, so much goods around, and no one has them because of all these money games. You know, we went to the New York Stock Exchange. About 15 of us, our pockets were filled with money, and we came there, we're going to do a little few, you know, do a few little tricks. And uh, the, the guy stopped us at the door saying, you can't come in because you're hippies and you're coming to protest. Hippies? coming to protest were Jews. <laughs> I told you. And we're coming to see how our stocks are. And, and, and the media was filming this, so this little bureaucrat was in a jam, a box, too bad, and so he had to let us in. And so we come up on top there, there's about 3,000 people down below, and they're playing all these games, you know, 1,000 here, 2,000 here, it's, I don't know, it's stocks, credits, ridiculous, you know, and so we took out we, the real thing, this is what it's all about, we started throwing dollar bills over. And they were fighting for it, I mean, it's a mad race. They're fighting for the dollar bills, and then, um, who should come on the scene but the people that are always there, and they're, you know, they're needed for the theater, the police, they're rushing on, you know, and grabbing us and throwing us down, throwing us down, and it's, it's noon on Wall Street, and there's all these businessmen with their ties and their little briefcases playing all their money games, and so we started burning $5 bills in the middle of the stock exchange area, and people went furious. I mean, you know, it, it really, it, it really, I mean, you know, got to their gut, screaming, don't burn it, don't burn it, you know? Uh, see, the thing is, we can't play the money game. We've got to get beyond it. We've got to burn it. Get we've got a match. <laughs> or I, I, it needs a lighter, really. A lighter? We've got to get beyond... So we steal the pig. It makes the point. Right? Look, so... Can I have my lighter back? Yeah. <laughs> I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. Uh, you see, we got to get our hits straight about money and, and, and correct the money craziness that people have because they really think that it's all real. I mean, people really believe that poor people are poor. I mean, really, I was taught that when I was a kid. You know, I mean, as a kid, I asked kid questions. I was born with food on my plate, and we're driving through this with Cincinnati, and I see, like, uh, well, I see black people, and it's a different scene. I say, I say, what's happening? What's up to my parents? Shh. You don't ask those questions. I keep asking them. All of a sudden, I say, well, you worked. You know, we worked, and they, and they didn't work, and, you know, they get a job, and this work. What? It's ridiculous. I didn't work. I was just born. How did I work? I don't believe in reincarnation before the, you know, I worked my previous life. This is all crazy, you know. So the whole thing is, is like, used to fuck up your minds. And we got to start having to give away things for free. And we got to, you know, we got to totally destroy the money thing that it's all based on. And it's all, it's all, like, right here. Because, see, this is a bank. This is a bank. And this bank controls your credits. 
and um, grades, grades are dollar bills. And you're here working for grades, which is no different than someone out there working for money. Because just like money out there has no relationship to, to whether you enjoy it and whether it means anything, grades here have no relationship to whether you learn anything. I went through the thing, I know that. I'm not fooling myself with grades, you know. That's only a professor's game. But you're all playing the game. Don't applaud if you're, don't applaud if you're playing the game. Because you got to, see, we're, we got to live for ourselves. we got to live to enjoy our own lives. And we can't do that if we're working for, working to go to heaven, or working for money, or working for grades. And that's, what, that's what's happening in school. No grades. I mean, I don't get this whole, this whole thing was about credit. I don't think any courses should have credit. Fuck credit. No credit. What do you got to do it for credit for? People should start saying, I'm going to drop out because I can't learn here and because I don't like it here. You know, we ought to come tomorrow and paint this place. Paint all the buildings. You know, just everyone bring paint. Let's just start painting it. I mean, if we're going to spend the best years of our lives on this fucking ground, let's at least, you know, make it... You know, this whole thing about property. How many people identify when their soul and their spirit with those buildings? You know, I don't identify with those bloody buildings. You know, I, I mean, that, that's not the expression of my soul, Wheeler Hall or Auditorium or Dwinnell or this building. And that's how they control our behavior, through controlling the environment. Because you know what that building tells you? Stay in your place. Don't take off your clothes. That's what Billy says. Don't take off your clothes. You take off your clothes, it'll, you know, get you all up. You know, don't raise your voice. Don't speak out of turn. Obey your, do, you know, you know, be a good kid. That's what this, that's what the building says. The building is an expression of how they ask you to behave. I mean, any classroom, everyone's sitting in rows, you know, one after the other. Teacher at the top, he's telling you how he wants you to behave. And everyone goes ahead and behaves like that, you know. So I say, this is like, the regents own this place, or the regents, the professors. Because, I, I, the, you know, differences between the professors and the regents in their daily lives don't strike me as that great. The professors, the uh, um, TAs, the uh, uh, regents, they own this place. And we come on every day, and it's all things like, don't, 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 it's what? Oh, it's late, okay, wow. Uh, don't flick your ashes, you know, it's our place. Now, I, I mean, I, I think what's happening is that two forces in this country are going to change America. The two forces are the blacks who have never been part of the country and whites like ourselves who are saying, no, we're dropping out, we're going to create our own thing. We're going to create our own world. And you can't, you're not creating your own world when you're a student. You can't be a revolutionary and be a student at the same time. It's just a contradiction in terms. Because when you're a student, you're working for a career, a career in the system. And listen, there's a lot of us out there right now in Telegraph Avenue around the country that are starting to build something new. People don't have to stay in school. There's no reason. You know, you have to have a damn good reason to stay in school. Only reason I accept is we want to bring the whole thing down. You know, free everybody. And that's groovy. Schools should be, you know, grade schools, high schools, they all should be voluntary. The kids decide if they want to go to them. The free enterprise system. See, you believe in free enterprise system. <laughs> okay, let's see. Did I have anything? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was really a lot. But it's all right. We'll see you Friday night at the Brooklyn Community Theater and Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Bring your own pig. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people say, well, can, can you be bought off? Can you be co-opted? And I, re I really think that doesn't quite understand what's happening. Because I think what's growing up is a, is a, a youth movement that wants everything and wants it now. And a movement that wants everything and wants it now can't be bought out, can't be bought off. See, we want everything and we want it now.
One more announcement. There will be a meeting uh, at uh, 10 o'clock at Sather Gate tomorrow night to uh, trick-or-treat the Chancellor. Uh, elders, please. I just want to say that I'm always glad to be able to support in the white community any expression of dissatisfaction with the prevailing mediocrity. Mickey Mouse Regan as a governor, Donald Duck Rafferty for senator, and a pig in the White House following another pig. I say that four more years of this I don't believe we'll have four more years. I believe before the next four years are over, it's going to be chaos, madness, and bloodshed in the streets of Babylon. All of you people who may have come here today to witness a sideshow, who don't enter any dissent come Tuesday, you will be the ones who are responsible for allowing these pigs to push this country over the brink. It's already teetering on the brink right now. It's insanity. It's a form of insanity not to recognize that. To go on smiling, to go on to the daily routine of life, the pig routine of life, to me, that's insanity. You may think that all the black people can be put in the gas chambers, all the yippies can be put in the gas chambers, and that your life will not be affected by that. But I don't believe that that's true. And I know that there are a lot of people making preparations because if you're going to act like good Germans, like Nazis, there are a lot of people in this country, including a lot of Jews, who are not going to act like Jews. We're not going to act like they did in Germany. We're not going to go willingly to the chopping block. We're going to tell the pigs that when they move against us, we're going to have some barbecue, whether they like it or not. Barbecue. That's our right. We have a right, we have a right to do anything that is necessary to ensure that we will have a good life here on this earth. They have manipulated the political machinery, they've blocked us out, they don't give a damn about us, they're not going to do anything for us except promise and promise and promise. So we're promising them now. We're promising them that we're going to organize a revolutionary movement against them and it doesn't matter whether they kill us or not, whether they put us in jail or not. There are enough people in this country who are already turned on to the needs that they will continue the struggle and that they will get our vengeance for us. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Well, he better get it quick because the people are organizing to get that vengeance for the pigs. The pigs don't like it. I heard on the television last night that this punk Ronald Reagan made a speech analyzing my speeches. <laughs> and he said that I, all that I had going for myself was a show, a show business gimmick. <laughs> and he's partly right, because I have him going for me, and that's all that he is, a show business gimmick. And that's all he is. And that's all that the politics of this country boils down to, Madison Avenue, image-making, a lot of script-writing, and a lot of... See, I can't curse anymore. One of your elders, uh, Regent Hicks, Hitch, stated that if I curse anymore on campus, he's going to have me prosecuted. 
But I have so many cases going right now that I can't deal with anymore. So I'm not going to say beep region hits as I want to. But I would like to ask you to say it for me. He don't even have that coming, but uh, later for him. I just want to say that we support what's been said here today. If you're guilty of conspiracy, let it be. Because in fact, we are involved in a conspiracy. We're involved in a conspiracy to change this country into a place fit for human beings. We're involved in a conspiracy to change this world, to change the planet Earth into a community, into a neighborhood where all the people in the world can involve themselves in a common effort to solve the contradiction between the people and the environment and to put aside, to put into the garbage can of history along with the pigs of the Republican Party, to put all the contradictions between people into the garbage can of history. And I'm very glad to be working with my choice for the Vice Presidency of the United States, the Honorable Jerry Rubin. All power to the people, all power to the people, and barbecue for the pigs, whether they like it or not. <laughs>